Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 257, Nigel Wilson, director at Australis Chambers, discusses the underpinning structure and processes that are required to enable fast-moving and people-focused leadership. As we move through the COVID-19 pandemic, Nigel looks at how we can utilise strategic governance frameworks to provide practical assistance for effective response, recovery and reconstruction leadership. This is Nigel's version of Be The Drop. This episode was recorded live at Southstar in Adelaide. I've included a link in the show notes if you'd like to learn more about Southstar. Nigel, thank you so much for joining me for our next episode of Be The Drop. Thank you, Amelia. It's very nice to be here. Yeah, we're here in this amazing teepee and the sun's come out, the birds are chirping. Chirping. <laughs> we're at South Start and you've just been talking about strategic leadership. That's right. In a time of crisis. But before we dive into that, if you could share with us a story um, for our listeners to sort of get a bit of a context around who you are and yes. where you fit in this space. Okay, thank you. By way of background, I'm a trained uh, lawyer, but I've also done a lot of teaching and my areas of expertise have ranged from the technology domains in startups, cybersecurity, right through to Indigenous affairs. And so drawing on those experiences in the presentation that I gave today, which I wanted to share. Yeah. And so you're really focusing on how we manage leadership, how we manage our strategic approach and responses. That's right. In a time of crisis. Now, obviously, we're coming off of the back of 2020 and still into 2021, and this global crisis is still unfolding. What do we do in a, a time of crisis to make sure that we're strategic in our leadership? Like, where do you even start with that? Okay, so what I've developed through the pandemic was that I tried to capture some of my thoughts in the roles that I had. We're all leaders. We lead ourselves, our families, our communities, and putting a little bit of structure and process around that, identifying the kinds of elements of any event, catastrophic or otherwise, pandemic or otherwise. You have pre-event things, you have the event itself, a response, recovery, and then obviously a regeneration uh, stage or reconstruction stage. And so in identifying each of those four quadrants of how we respond, that enabled me to identify themes, share those themes, get feedback, and then provide some resources to uh, those who needed guidance, as well as to learn from others who are leaders, one of whom I was most motivated by, the health director from the World Health Organization, Dr. Mike Ryan, who spoke of his experience and learnings from the Ebola crisis. And he was one of the faces of the pandemic. We saw the World Health Organization through March and April every day. And his words were both supportive and also communicating what the impacts were around the pandemic and what the likely consequences. His observations in response to a question um, like your question to me were that we need to move fast, that the need for us to communicate well is vital, etc. Those sort of learnings were influential to me in my thinking and what I decided to do is to share with my community some things which I've shared at this conference and it was a really interesting session this afternoon. Yeah, and it is, you know, interesting. I, I still haven't been in a 
in a plane for over a year and you know there's still a degrees of uncertainty and you've got this quote around you know if you need to be right before you move you'll never win perfection is the enemy of the good when it comes to emergency management which was what you were paraphrasing just before and it it's interesting because we can't worry about perfection we need to do but I like this concept that you're talking about strategic governance because I feel that probably gives that layer of protection in needing to make fast decisions in a high-pressure environment and, you know, but still make sure that they're not going to be detrimental. That's right. So when you're looking at any response to any event, whatever it is, a pandemic is a catastrophic and a dynamic event, global by definition, it is the case that you can draw on the experience or science of risk management or other things and give some uh, capacity of reassurance to people by saying which stage are we in, what might be next, what do we need to anticipate, what's beyond the curve. Those expressions can create even more anxiety because it means that you're actually conveying that this isn't the worst of it yet. And so by doing that, you have to be then very mindful that you are essentially putting in place a system which is going to evolve. And that's the strategic side. And that means that you take on roles and you ascribe roles to make sure that you have good communication platforms, people first. You uh, respond and rally. You know that the environment will be dynamic. So thinking strategically and using governance in that sense enables boards and others to act in a way which is both based on data and forensically in a changed environment and changing environment effectively and more reassuringly. One of the coincidences is that that's actually the environment that very strongly occurs for the entrepreneur. So there are some synergies between, for example, the South Start Conference and the emergence uh, theme here, which are related to the actual ecosystem that underpins innovation, building, rebuilding, changing environments, dynamic leadership, etc., and making sure that as you progress, you are putting people first with some degree of insurance as to what their roles are and how best to be prepared for the next change in the wind. And one of those things within change is fear. What do we do from a leadership perspective to help manage that the fear within the, the people within the organisation or the customers? In various ways, there have been a number of different experiences that people have had in the session that I gave. Some people had a lot of threat in their environments and fear. Other people had threat related to opportunity. Some people were less connected than they were before. Some people were more connected or more global than they were before. So often when you've got those paradoxes, as far as outcomes and impacts, you then need to make sure that it is something which you're aware of and that everyone's circumstances are going to be different and that you can't essentially um, legislate or implement for a particular outcome, but you can provide a support base for people to either be able to respond to from a health perspective or a workforce perspective or improve from a very adverse outcome. And then within that is the change management element of it. And, you know, we're looking about how that plays into your governance within leadership within a crisis. Can you talk to us about that framework within? The observation that's often been made about change is that uh, change is a, a threat when done to me and an opportunity when done by me. That's been an ob observation made by a very uh, well-known Harvard professor. And she is reflecting on the fact that as we 
respond to something, it often forces us to be defensive. On the other hand, when we can initiate change, we are more in control you know, for obvious reasons. And we've seen through the pandemic in everyday environments and everyday situations where change has been imposed on us. So that threat factor is very significant. But it is the case that it presents an opportunity either at the time or as we emerge from those situations that we can come to a better place and also potentially take some learnings from the experience as adverse as it might have been for ourselves, our families or for others. And then within your session that you're presenting today, you mentioned that there was such a diverse range of experiences. What are some of the common feedback that's coming through this experience? There were three major things that came back. One, you couldn't make any generalisations. The second was that it was the case that there were timing differences that everyone experienced, no matter what their environment was, as far as impacts. They were either immediate or delayed, and some people's roles were immediate and other people's roles were delayed. And the third was this essentially sense of being alone together in an environment, obviously, particularly with social distancing, but with other things working from home. Those were the major observations that people shared, and they also shared that for very many of them, they had been somewhat prepared for uh, what had occurred and others recognised that they were unprepared for what had happened but they're better prepared now for it to happen again. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who who was possibly well prepared. <laughs> I, mean, I remember last year going, oh, we just need to get to June or we just need to get to the end of 2020 and then it will all be better. <laughs> what that means, I don't know. So I think we had no idea. <laughs> well, I think some of the observers have actually made the point that we should have been prepared because it was something that we should have had contingency plans for. And going back to the observation of Mike Ryan, he was being asked about his own experience from the Ebola crisis and he was then using that as, well, this is how I am prepared to explain to you, the World Health Community, what we're going to be doing and needing to do from here. Whether or not we had plans in place, the, every event will be different in any event. It's very difficult to anticipate every circumstance. So often intuitive action, fast action, imperfections being forgiven is part of the culture of being able to respond effectively to a pandemic situation. Yeah. And so for you, what were the key things out of your presentation as a tip or a takeaway should really be aware of? There was a lot of discussion around empathy. There was also a lot of discussion around communication. And there was a lot of discussion around the fact that we all lead someone and we're also led by someone, but ultimately we're working together. And empathy and communication and being empathetic in your communication is going to be so critical at a time when there's stress and fear and unknown by by many. Is there any examples? And, and you've mentioned the World Health Organization. But outside of that, you know, was there other areas that you go, yeah, that that was a good example? There were. In my own experience, my uh, background is that I'm a, a lawyer and those associations were called on in ways they had never been called on before. The courts were also called on and there was some discussion that we uh, had at the presentation about the role of government as well. One of the observations that I would make was that people did more with less and did some extraordinary things in extraordinary times. From my own point of view, consistent, effective messaging in a non-repetitive way, but in a supportive way, was part of the lived experience from 2020 and continues now. We probably won't see that level of information download that we had 
uh, then in the same way again, because I do think for many that became information saturation. It was the case that in the presentation I did use a cautionary uh, place card at the start of it, which is essentially that this is a very difficult environment for everyone and we did need to have a cautionary approach to the discussion we had because we're reliving circumstances and experiences which in every sense could trigger and could be for many ones that are more difficult to manage and that was some feedback as well that that was a, a useful approach one uh, aspect of the presentation that i gave drew on some work that has been done by others who had been out of work some work done by the viral project which is putting on posters for them to communicate their own feelings around working together but being separate you know whether there is safety in numbers or not anymore those sorts of things and often those word pictures were quite inconsistent in the sense of the visual was saying something but the words were saying something different and we've experienced that we've got to be very careful that the reassurances that are given and the messaging at whatever level from within our families or communities or by governments are consistent with the reality of what's occurring because otherwise people will lose trust and would will lose faith in uh, those environments. Yeah, and that, I suppose, then links back in again to what you're saying about empathy and communication. Well, Nigel, thank you so much. In conclusion, though, can I get you to share with me your Be The Drop tip? So your Be The Drop tip is around how you think the best way is to communicate, to motivate and inspire action. So we've got to drop and we want to bring people together if we want to align people so that our forces join to create waterfalls. What do you think is your top tip for that? Thank you for the opportunity to speak to you, Amelia. I've really enjoyed it. The top tip I think I would take away from my own experience, but also from the South Start feedback is recognise everyone's experience is different. Everyone's needs are different and communication styles and uh, content will need to be adjusted to the audience. Fantastic. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.